What would you say about where the stocks are trading right now relative to silver? Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And today we are digging into some thoughts about the silver stocks relative to the silver price. Obviously, we've had quite a volatile year in the silver price, uh, quite a decline coming down from the highs in early March and April. And fortunately, it's nice to see a bit of a rally with silver back above $20 US and We've seen a little bit of a rebound in the mining shares recently along with that rally. And to dig into all these things, I am joined once again by David Stein of Kuya Silver. And David, great to have you back on in here. And how's everything going with you today? It's going well, Chris. Thanks for having me. You know, nice to see, uh, you know, the silver price rebounding and, you know, hopefully it's the start of a, of a big bull market here. Well, that would certainly be nice. Of course, uh, a lot of the issues that have led the gold and silver prices higher um, still out there, even if perhaps not on the forefront of investors' minds, although Fed currently hiking, yet many wondering if there will be a pivot at some point. And with all of that said, why don't we jump in? Because something that you and I have talked about a couple of times in recent weeks was really how much some of these stocks have sold off. We heard a lot about margin calls. And if you take a look here at 985 on the SILJ, the Silver Junior Miners Index, again, hit that level on the way down and has rebounded a bit. But when you look back to the chart, you see really hasn't been in that territory since back in May of 2020. Of course, we take a look at the silver price May of 2020, which I think a lot of people remember quite clearly, but around $15, whereas today we're recording on Tuesday, August 2nd, price down a little bit, but at $20.20, let's call it. So David, obviously you see things from the mining stock side, but also you're an investor in the sector. So what would you say about where the stocks are trading right now relative to silver? Well, I, I, they're definitely cheap relative to silver and, you know, and, and why, why is that the case? Well, you know, I think we, the, we just went through a, a very, very rapid correction in the silver price and, you know, the equities, you know, if the silver price is volatile and the equities are even more volatile. And, and so they've kind of, I think over, you know, overcorrected to the downside. And you kind of see that in that, you know, that, that quick analysis that you just did where, you know, the SILJ is trading at where, where silver, what, you know, at, at levels where last time we, we were trading at those levels, silver was at $15 in early 2020. Of course, that was right before a big, big run upwards uh, that was, you know, very profitable for, for investors who were, who were long at that point in time back in early 2020. So, um, look, I think that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, one thing to mention, uh, about the SILJ index is that it is, um, it is, is very gold weighted as well. Um, in fact, uh, you know, a lot of those basically, uh, top holdings in the SILJ, uh, produce more gold by value than silver. So it, there is no sort of perfect index for silver stocks, unfortunately. Um, but, and I, I do agree, SILJ is probably the best one. 
But anyway, just something for, you know, for the listeners, for the viewers to keep in mind when they look at that chart is that there's also gold exposure in there as well. And, you know, gold and silver tend to trade together, but, um, but obviously, uh, uh, you know, silver tends to outperform on the upside. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out because First Majestic and Pan American silver, perhaps not what popped to mind as a silver junior, but makes a lot of sense. And how do you how do you look at this? Uh, I know that you're speaking to investors every day. What's the the trade off between people worried about further downside versus when to get back in? How how are you and the investors you talk with looking at that? Well. I- Chris, all I can say right now is that if if we are, you know, starting a, you know, sort of a, a, an upward momentum here, we're very, very early on it. And what we're what I'm seeing, you know, personally is is more, you know, existing investors who who know the story buying to, you know, to average down essentially and, and get in at, at this very low price right now that, you know, that we haven't we haven't seen in the case of Kuya, we've never, we've never been this low since we did our RTO. So uh, about two years ago. So, um, so I think I, I would imagine it's similar for all the, you know, a lot of juniors, comp, junior companies that are out there. I think when things get more exciting is when new money starts to come in uh, to the sector. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not really seeing that in a big way yet, which tends to again mean that we're we're still very very early. So we have the same kind of, you know, mining investors sloshing their money around. I'm very thankful that you know some of it's finding its way into Kuya in the last couple of weeks, which has been great. But you know, it it's certainly that it's certainly not not an indication that generalists are buying precious metals yet, and that really you know, should happen as if this um, you know kind of Fed pivot story starts to play out further. Yeah. So is it a matter of just when you approach this looking for projects that you like in the longer term? I know you've been through a bunch of these cycles and seen this before. And is that really the way that investors need to approach this and be willing to hang in there for a couple of years if they believe in a particular project? Look, I think there's no there's no question that, um, you know, that that. Uh, you know, owning owning a good mining project, you know, regardless of what commodity it's in, for you know, for a long period of time, uh, is pro is way more beneficial than trying to sort of trade around it in in the short term. And what that does mean is that when when you know when when you do get a crappy market and you do have you know things getting you know probably cheaper than they really should be on a fundamental basis, that you hopefully you have some capital that you can step in and, and, and average your price. Um, but whether you are able to do that or not, definitely, you know, in the long term, uh, you know, good mining projects will, will pay off. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's the, that's the trap that a lot of, you know, investors slash speculators fall into is that they, you know, they, they get very short-term driven or leveraged and, and forced to sell in some cases when things go down. And, you know, we are in a very volatile sector, so don't buy all your position all at once and, uh, and buy it over a period of time, dollar cost average, as they say, and, uh, and, you know, and have some, something on the sidelines so that you can jump on really you know, great opportunities when they, when they do happen. 
Yeah, and you also mentioned in there the margin element. And at least from my perspective, I've often felt like if there was ever a particular market where margin could really be adding a, an additional risk into the process, silver would be it. Maybe uh, silver stocks, even taking that a step further. Any thoughts on the margin component? Well, look, I, I think... Uh, and again, I'll fully admit, I don't have the research to back this up, but my opinion is that the, with, with the advent of a lot of the new uh, online trading platforms like uh, Interactive Brokers and, um, you know, uh, Robinhood and stuff like that, um, and I realize not, not everybody gets a margin account, but lots of people do. And, you know, when things are going well, it's very tempting to start to borrow against your stock holdings, right? And make more investments. Of course, you know, when the market uh, goes down, and, and by the way, when, when we were going down in the silver, you know, with, our, with the silver equities, the silver stocks, uh, the general market was going down at the same time, you know, Facebook and Peloton and Tesla and all these, you know, they were all going down too, right? So, what that means is the value of people's portfolios in general, forget about what sector they're in, is going down. And that's bound to cause going down fast. And that's bound to cause some margin calls. Uh, I can tell you with, with our stock specifically, we, we saw it. Um, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can see the margin call action happen because it typically happens at the end of the trading day. And basically, the broker gives the the investor notice that you need to take care of this or we will take care of it for you. And if they don't take care of it, then sometime in the last, let's say 30 minutes or even right down to the last, right, at, right before four o'clock on the trading day, they just liquidate positions, right? To get, to get, the, to get the, the margin back, back in shape. So we, we definitely saw that, you know, uh, back, you know, in the last, month or two, not seeing it anymore, thank goodness. But, uh, but it's something you can, you know, if you watch, if you watch the trading, you can definitely pick up on that. Yeah, and certainly it's been some interesting trading. We see the Fed hike its second month in a row, 75 basis points. Although the stock market actually been rallying for the past month or so, the bond market rallying quite a bit, uh, especially since that move. Are you surprised by the reaction that we've seen there? I know some are calling for the Fed pivot. That wasn't really my interpretation after watching Jerome Powell's press conference last week, but are you a little bit surprised by that? And any thoughts on what we might see going forward there? I'm actually not that surprised because, um, you know, I, I agree with you that the, the definitely the, you know, the, the, um, you know, I guess the, the, the Fed um, forward guidance is murky, but the bottom line is, you know, the market had been falling so fast uh, in general that, you know, investors are really looking for any, any kind of change in direction, right? And, uh, and they, they've, they, kind of, they got it, I think, with, uh, you know, with what's, what's been happening recently. Um, and, uh, and so it doesn't surprise me again, just given the magnitude of how fast the market went down that, you know, that people are looking for some kind of, you know, signal to get buying again. 
whether or not this is you know a dead cat bounce or whether this is the start of a new trend, longer term trend remains to be seen, of course. Um, but you know, I, I think that's what's happening here. You know, people know their you know stocks can't go down to, to zero. There's some tech stocks that are down like 80, 90 percent that are real businesses that are they're not worth zero. Um, you know, so uh, you know, just just like just like our company, you know, we we're way way down. I don't know the percentage off of depending on when you start measuring. Um, and uh, you know, we have a, a valuable valuable company. We've actually been you know doing things this 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 year and uh, and adding value to our to our asset base. Um, but you know, stock price kept going down because of the general market conditions, in my opinion. So. You know, people are looking for the signal. Like, there's this is over. I can step in and start buying here, and you know that's what's happening. Yeah, I think it's a confusing environment for a lot of people out there because when they're talking about inflation readings coming down, not talking about the actual price coming down, but just the rate of increase pausing, and some of the recent economic data indicators, PMIs have been showing some contraction and. Uh, along those lines, I'm curious, what have you been seeing in terms of costs for the silver projects? Uh, have things stabilized a little bit or what is the environment like for the things that you have to pay for for Kuya right now? Well, I mean, we, we did a, we did a PEA on our, you know, on a, on a mill construction project, uh, which we, we released the, the numbers in May and the, the full report came out in June. But, you know, so, so relatively recently, but, but, uh, you know, I, I think even, even in the past three months, we've seen some hints that, that, you know, uh, you know, when, when we go to build that project, things will be a little more expensive. Um, you know, they, they may come back down again, but I think if we were to build it today, things like, you know, steel, rebar, concrete would be, would be a little more expensive. Um, I mean, you know, still well within our contingency that we had forecasted, but nevertheless, you know, there, there are real costs. I think, you know, labor will, will be something that, you know, that could, could rise as well um, in, in general, because, you know, you, you can't have the inflation and, the, and people's wages stagnate, right? That's just a recipe for disaster with respect to, you know, uh, uh, well, just workers in general, whether they're in unions or not, right? They <clears throat> they they need to they need to make enough to pay for things. So, um, so uh, so I think that's you know th those are all things that that are creep. We call it creep. You know, cost creep. I think we're, I think we're seeing it. Um, hard, hard to you know it, it, hard to put a, a number on it right now, but it's probably in line with you know the general trend of inflation, frankly. With all that said, uh, David, perhaps uh, you could give an update on what you're doing with Kuya and anything that you would like to pass along to your investors. Well, look, I, I think with, uh, you know, for us, um, just uh, uh, we're, uh, we're continuing to, you know, to develop our, our projects, our flagship project in Peru, the Bethania uh, Silver Project. And, uh, you know, we've We've done uh, quite a lot of work this year with a resource estimate. We've done new exploration um, uh, earlier this year, which is going to add ultimately add to the resource we think. But we've discovered new veins. We've got our, our construction permit. We got our PEA out. So we're continuing to move the project forward. 
you know, despite these, the market conditions that we've been in, um, we've got a great opportunity. It's a great project. It looks like costs are going to be really low. And, uh, you know, as we, we talked about in our, you know, one of our most recent press releases, you know, there may be an opportunity for us to start some, some toll milling earlier, uh, which was, which was also talked about in our PEA. And, uh, you know, that could get us some production and cash flow even faster than, you know, it was already pretty, pretty fast, but we could get it potentially even faster than we previously thought. So those are all things that are, that we're looking at right now. And I would just encourage people to continue to follow us, um, you know, uh, get on our website, kuyasilver.com. If you want to ask, uh, management, any questions or, or, or arrange a call with us, uh, we're always happy and willing to speak with investors. Yeah. And in terms of what you mentioned about the toll milling, is there a timeline on, I know you're trying to get into production and begin that uh, payback, repayback period. What kind of timeline are you looking at there right now? Well, you'll see us announce some agreements related to that first. And, and then it would be a matter of a few months. And, and again, we, we can give sort of more, more guidance on that in, in the future, but it's, it's, it's a relatively short, um, short uh, kind of time frame. Whereas to build our own mill, uh, again, if I re refer back to the PEA, uh, to build our own mill, uh, which we still you know, intend to do down the road when, when market conditions are better, um, we, we think that is a really good long-term investment for our project. But, uh, but anyway, the, the timeline uh, basically from shovels in the ground to, to production was about 12 months there. So, you know, I can tell you the, the toll milling would be significantly less than that. And what's the differential between if you're sending uh, ore to the toll mill versus you have your own mill? What, what is the differential? Well, in order to really, in order to really understand the differential, you have to, uh, you have to look at basically the, the same grades. So mining the same grades which uh, you know, may or may not actually be the case in reality, right? Because you know, your, your grade changes throughout your mine plan. Um, but if, if grades are equal, then basically the toll milling is gonna be a bit more expensive uh, on your op operating cost, on your all in sustaining cost or your operating costs, because you're gonna pay the, the toll mill a fee per ton. And you're also, there'll be also a little bit of extra trucking depending on how far away that mill is. Um, so look, I think that could add for us, maybe, maybe a few, uh, maybe, uh, you know, something like, you know, two or $3 an ounce, just, just a guess. We're still working on the numbers and we're still negotiating, uh, on that as well. But of course, you know, we're, we're also planning to mine higher grade initially, uh, than the average grade life of mine. So that knocks the cost back down again. The grade is, is actually a bigger factor than the, whether or not we toll mill or not. Um, you know, toll milling is sort of a classic OPEX versus CAPEX trade-off. So your costs are higher, but the CAPEX is minimal, right? It's almost nothing compared to, you know, you want to lower your costs. You got to make that capital investment in a plant. And, you know, again, given the, the size and scale of the project that we have and, and the exploration potential uh, that we're, you know, that we're starting to, uh, you know, kind of uncover and, and show the market, we strongly believe that, you know, the future of Bethania, uh, you know, will justify a mill, but, but, you know, in the meantime, it's something that we can, uh, 
we can get a head start on and 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 there's a lot of collateral benefits even if the even if the cash flows are modest um you know it it, it helps us to de-risk the project technically or operationally build up our team build some credibility with the you know with the, the local mining environment where we are, the community, the suppliers, the contractors, you know, um, uh, so, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, you know, collateral benefit to, you know, getting into production. And, you know, a lot of our investors like that about Kuya. They like that we're, you know, we're a near-term producer and we're not just going to be drilling, drilling, drilling forever and raising, you know, raising money to drill every six months. Um, I mean, uh, and, and so, uh, so that's something that, you know, that we want to keep in mind, you know, not to say there's anything wrong with drilling all the time. And, 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 uh, you know, we, we think we have got a, a huge project here and we do want to drill the crap out of it over the coming years. But, you know, I think it's important for us to, to get into production as well and, and show our, give our investors what they want. Yeah, there certainly is something to be said for generating cash flow. And for anybody that has questions, again, you can find out more at kuyasilver.com. Just go over to the contact tab. And David, appreciate you joining me as always to share some insight on both the investing side as well as what you guys are doing at Kuya. And uh, just wish you the best with everything as you move it forward. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks a lot, Chris. Anytime.